Hi, and welcome to Let's Get Real For Real For Real, episode two. You know, I've been thinking a lot about a variety of different things. Um, and, you know, what's been coming up for me lately a lot has been, well, so I actually just got out of a relationship. Um, it was my first relationship, my first real exclusive monogamous relationship where I can call someone my boyfriend, which still sounds weird. Um, I have been in like, I've dated before, you know, I've had like some really short relationships that were not serious, that were mostly non-exclusive. One of them was, you know, um, with me exclusively with someone who is polyamorous. We, uh, so I don't really count that as, um, an exclu- a mono- since it wasn't a monogamous relationship. Um, my longest relationships in the past have lasted for three months and this one lasted for six, which I know for most people would be like, that's not a big deal at all, but please, you know, I'm 32 and this is my first relationship. So it was actually a really big deal. Um, I've been accused in the past that I am too picky, <laughs> um, or too particular, too many standards too whatever, whatever, all the things that you hear, right? When you are in a dating pool and single and people are encouraging you to go out and be with someone. Um, I spent most of my time when we talk about relationships, either giving other people relationship advice, um, or fending off, so to speak, and defending my position of being like, I don't really need to be in a relationship. I'm not looking to date. I'm not looking for someone. Um, I'm a very big proponent of being, you know, like you have to love yourself first before you love others. I am also a big proponent of, you know, I don't want to be with someone just to be with someone. And it's not like I don't get lonely, but being with someone I don't want to be with or feel comfortable with isn't worth, you know, sacrificing um, loneliness, I guess, because even loneliness, I suppose, can be a comfort. I have some very, like, um, specific criteria that has changed over the years of what I'm looking for in a person. And it's changed with every interaction that I've had with someone regarding dating. It's changed as I've grown and learned more about myself. It's changed as I've observed other people's relationships and as I've gone through my own. And, you know, I really, for me, and maybe I'm just a little bit more rare in this than other people, I I just have a feeling when it comes to people. I know people very well. I want to say I know them better than they know themselves. And I say that actually often, but I don't want anyone to mistake that as arrogance. Um, me saying that comes mostly from I am just very in tune with people's emotions and psychologically speaking, um, I... I usually know what's going on with people better than they know um, in terms of like underlying 
motivation for their actions and intention and base instincts um, because, you know, I've studied that and I also have experienced it and been aware of how I work in those ways as well. You should know that, you know, one of the, not one of, the first thing that actually motivates people on a basic instinctual level, which I would guarantee you 90% of people would are either unaware of or would never fess up to of how often this is behind their actions. But biologically speaking, our base instinct is to procreate, reproduce, have sex, make babies. And of course, for humans, sex is a very enjoyable for the most part, supposedly very enjoyable activity. And this tends to motivate, be the most deepest, most basic, and most hidden motivation for people in their actions. You know, whether you admit it or not, every girl can experience this, by the way. Every girl can attest to, especially in their 20s, right? Meeting a guy who is like, oh, I like you, you're cool, I wanna be with you. Um, you know, like, yeah, we can just be friends, but really they're like, no, but let's see where it goes and let's hang out. And they, what they really want when they say that is, um, yeah, of, of course they think they're cool, but they're being driven by, I want to sleep with you, you know, and they don't even know that they wouldn't admit that if you ask them, because they don't know, like, that's what they're looking for. Their hindbrain, their instinct is like, oh, I'm attracted to you. I want to sleep with you. For, for them, they're thinking like, no, she's just cool to hang out with. But there's no level of commitment there. You know, there's no like desire to have more than just like, let's see where this goes sexually. No, that's fine. Like, honestly, in our 20s, like we all need to go through our, our period of fuck boys, to be honest, and fuck girls. Uh you know, for, for anybody, for either gender or sex. And, you know, we have to all go through that to figure out what we do and do not want in relationships. Um, but I find that most people are motivated that not just like in terms of set, not in terms of like the obvious, like example that I just gave, but also in terms of just like, you know, if you tell them like, oh, like, oh, I want to wait, they'll say like, oh, okay, sure with the intention of knowing, like, um, saying that, obviously they're not gonna, well, most good guys would say no, but they'll do their best to try to convince you to change your mind in other ways. And then until you have to keep on reinforcing that no. Um, even with girls, I've dated girls and they get super, and the girls I've dated that I've experienced this with, you know, like, again, are like super, what they're attracted to is like, oh, the intellectual and the emotional depth and like the connection, you know, the fun of, have, of like, of like really bonding with someone. They have the emotional connection there too. But when it comes down to it, sex is also like really important. And so um, I want someone who is self-aware enough to have risen above that basic need. Self-aware enough to know that they have that basic need, that basic need does drive their actions and often, and if because if they are self-aware about that, 
and they know that that's happening, that means they are at a point where they can also choose not to have sex motivate their actions. Um, it's a different level of intellectualism. Very rare. I'd say like 98% of the population could not do that. Um, the other thing that I'm looking for is like, I have like a very bad history with men specifically, like very bad history. I have major trust issues, not just from this life, but trust issues that carry over from like my past lives. And it's something that I've, I've worked on and struggled with, you know, throughout my entire life from as young as I can remember, um, with honestly no real explanation to have a reason to distrust men so badly when, from such a young age. Um, and so it's very hard for me to trust. It's very hard for me to um, feel safe. It's not something that someone can act and then I can see if they are that way. It's something that I have to instinctually feel with a person. And there are, have been many, many, many times before I learned how to recognize that where I've been in many bad situations with men specifically, not because I go out searching for it, but because I seem to attract men who cannot be trusted. And I don't mean like, oh, they're gonna go off cheating on me. I've never had that scenario. I've never been in a monogamous relationship before this one. But um, in the sense that they'll say all the right things, they'll have, we'll have amazing physical chemistry. They will appeal to my, they'll say, tell them these about themselves that appeals to like my spiritual and religious side. Um, and, and again, they're not like trying to feed me lines necessarily. Like this is genuinely what they believe. And it's, and I, and it seems like, oh, that's something I might like. But then when push, when it comes down to it, when it comes to the most simple thing, when I say no, or when I say, hey, these are my plans for the future, or when I say, this is my opinion about something, their response to that is the opposite. Their response, their, whether it's words or through actions, is like, um, you're gonna change your mind. I'm gonna make you change your mind. And, and while in some cases, um, if that happens intellectually, I am very good at like enforcing the boundaries of like, no, <laughs> you can't gaslight me. And that's a red flag. Um, physically, that happens. I had to learn through many hard lessons that it was that I could say no. And I can be keep myself physically safe while saying no, because I think that a lot of concerns that pop up, and this is something I know I will discuss sometime in the future, but not right now in depth, but like I know it will come because um, it's such an important thing that's heavy on my mind very often. But one of the things that comes up when, when a man doesn't respect the first no easily, then there is a fear of saying no again because, and continuing to say no, um, because you don't know what they will do. You can no longer trust that what their word is. You can't trust their character. So I've had a lot of negative experiences like that. And so it takes a really lot, like I can't explain it. it there's There has to be for me, a, not a, this, um, I just, 
when I meet someone that I feel like there can be a relationship with, there is, it is instinctual, um, it is unexplainable, and it's rare, where I know like, this is a good person. This is a good person who would never harm me, not on purpose, not without great harm to themselves. I can trust them. I can trust their integrity. I feel safe with them. It's not that they're perfect. It's not even that they're doing like they're like, a, you know, doing great things as a volunteer fireman or doing charity work or anything. like. It's not that. It's just that they are just good people. I will admit that a lot of times that often leads me to be attracted to to people who are so good, (laughs) at least I say this way, they're so good that they are so self-aware about how bad they are. They like punish themselves over like every little thing because they're so convinced they're bad people and that devastates them. Not the healthiest or best way to identify like inherently good people. I think I just, um, it's a white knight syndrome I have that I recently identified. And I think that's just me being like, um, hey, I really identify that and I can relate to that. And I want to help you learn how to love yourself because you are not a terrible person. And it's a safety, I guess, for me in, in that way. But be identifying good people through that way. But I am trying to um, shift my uh, mindset and perspective so, like, so that that's not... Um, the lens that I continue to view it through uh, because that's not healthy for me in the long run. Um, And you know what that comes from is like, this is the number one thing that I kept on saying over and over and over again throughout like in the past few years of like, this is what I need from a person to know that this is going to last and um, that I can give like all of myself to this person. And I keep on compromising on this and I can't keep on compromising anymore. You know, the number one requirement I have for a partner is they have to love themselves. They have to love themselves. And that's not an easy thing. That's not an easy thing to ask for. And I, and I totally go back to like, well, I really believe the majority of the world doesn't have this just yet. And so it's a quality that I have compromised on. Um, I did that with my most recent boyfriend, the one I um, just broke up with. Because um, he hit all of my buttons. He hit all of my buttons and everything on my list and everything I didn't know that I wanted and everything I thought was just like fantasy and he hit all of them. Um, except for that one. <laughs> Which is why it didn't last long. And I knew it wouldn't because of that one thing but I really appreciate the relationship for what it was um I really appreciate what that we had it um I appreciate everything I learned um I've been going through like the grieving process um because I've never done this before I've never broken up like in terms of like an actual relationship like I've never done that I've I've definitely had breakups where like with people who I'm like desperately in love with but like who don't love me back you know things like that and um in like but like again like those relationships were super unhealthy they were um very shaky never lasted long very devastating though and um and in this case like this was a relationship that was incredibly healthy 
and for at least with each other. And we were both very clear about our boundaries from the get-go and, and had great communication throughout the relationship. And I loved him very much and I love him still. Um, he'll be someone who I always love. I, I can't say I'll always be in love with him, but I can say that I will love him always because he is a good person. And he matters in my life. His, my relationship with him will always matter. Like it'll be a, a part of my story, my book, um, because he had an impact on me. I hope someday he'll be able to reflect on our relationship and see if I had impact on him. But, and I hope it's good, but you know, he, I won't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've never done this before and it's been kind of a struggle because on one hand, like I'm a very grateful person and I live in gratitude. I live in I don't want to say finding the positive in things because I think that's really like cliche and kitschy, but um, I live though in knowing that everything has purpose and reason. And I am learning to identify what those purposes and reasons are. And I also fully embrace that I don't have to know all of the purposes and reasons, especially not right now, maybe not ever. Um, I don't have to try to understand something, you know. Um, but in that process, like, I still have to balance out grief, right? I still have to balance out feeling angry and sad and honestly a little resentful <laughs> um, because I wish it was different in that like some part of me wishes I was different in that like I wish the timing had been better I wish that you know we could have worked it out I wish that he and I met closer to each other's um that we were closer in our journeys together versus in such different places in our journeys apart um I I don't know I'm not very good at balancing sometimes it's something that I've that's been a constant thing that I've been working on throughout my life is finding balance and everything I'm such an all or nothing person and um this is new for me I have to remind myself like I am allowed to grieve I am allowed to feel things. I don't have to just feel positive and grateful all the time. Like, I'm allowed to grieve and be angry um, because it mattered to me and it mattered a lot. I know that most of my friends, like, I don't know. I know that if I was someone looking from the outside, like the way that I reacted to this breakup, I'd be like, either that person doesn't care about their real breakup or like, I don't know, they're just like weird, <laughs> like something's wrong. Um, I I think I've just been processing a lot different than most people. And um, shrooms helped. Shrooms, shrooms helped a lot. I will admittedly 
say that I took some because that helps me have a safe space for me to let go of my feelings um, in a way that I can make sure that I am safe emotionally and physically. If none of you have ever tried them, then you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. If those of you who have tried them, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but in the process, that also like <laughs> made it harder to feel bad. Um, I think it's really important that, well, one, timing is everything. It doesn't matter how much you love this person or what kind of connection you have. If the timing's not right, then it's not right. Um, not, not permanently. It's right for in that moment. This was right for in this moment, but not right for like ever. And I respect that. Um, the number one thing I really learned though is how to be in the moment, which I've never done in my entire life. I'm a highly anxious person who's always planning 10 years ahead. And I learned that I cannot compromise on that. I I wanted someone who was very self-aware, very honest with themselves, um, humble, and who also had some kind of growth mentality and who knew what just how what struggle was. Um, someone who knew what it meant to be poor and what it meant to have money. Someone who knew what it, discipline meant. And, and someone who loves themselves. I don't, I don't personally believe that you can learn how to love yourself without knowing God. That's just my, that's just my journey though. That's what I believe. And that's not necessarily, that doesn't mean that's not possible for others without like, you know, turning to God. Um, I do know you cannot love yourself without having some form of faith. Um, and because in the end, like you can't learn how to unconditionally love without someone loving you unconditionally and we can't depend on our parents to do that not always because most of the times their parents they will love you unconditionally as much as they can which means it's not unconditional at all they'll love you to the extent that they can but they are only human as well and as human beings you have to ask if they've learned to love themselves if they've worked through their issues, if their love doesn't come with, maybe their love doesn't come with conditions, but their expectations comes with conditions, right? Like how they want you to be, what they wish for you, what your responsibilities are. Do they see you as exactly who you are? They may love you always, but will they accept you as who you are. So we can't depend on learning unconditional love from our parents. Our children cannot depend on learning unconditional love from us. Um, so it has to come from faith. I had a really interesting um, realization during my whole shroom trip. 
And um, I've been thinking a lot. I think about this all the time. Actually, now that I think about it, um, I've I've brought up this story like multiple times in the past few years whenever I'm like under the influence of, of a psychedelic or just like just like in sermon or anything it just keeps popping up. The story of Adam and Eve. Story of Adam and Eve is something that's always like in the back of my mind, constant on my mind all the time because it's so fascinating and so confusing to me. Like why does Eve eat the apple? Why does she eat the apple? What is the original sin? It's like, it just, it doesn't make sense because like, what is the original sin? Like, why did they get cast out of the garden? Like, was it disobedience? Was it curiosity? <laughs> like, was it um, because they knew evil? It was, and like shame and what, like, what was it? Like, it doesn't, it never made sense to me because in the end, like God created this garden People say like the snake was like what the devil, the devil didn't exist at that time. And I'm pretty sure per the Bible and, um, and, and people equate the, the snake is temptation. Temptation. Is that the original sin? I'm pretty sure that's not a sin. Um, because that's not an action. That's a feeling. Um, but the thing is, is like God made this garden, right? God made this garden and he made everything in it. And he put everything in it, which means he put that snake in there, you know? Um, and the thing is, is like every, every Bible story is Genesis is so short and um, there's so much interpretation that can be done with the Bible. I personally, not going to lie, I believe I have a great relationship with God. I talk to him all the time. I pray to him all the time for everything, for everybody not praying as in like, help me like get this or help me with the lottery or anything like that, but just praying that people will find their way and that praying that he will help them find their way to him um, and keeping him, keeping them safe. And, um, and for me, like I know one of the things that made me turn to God, one of the first things was, a conversation I had with my friend who was who's a Christian and she was telling me the context about Jesus's sacrifice on the cross and how God how Jesus was not like just this random person who was given this mission but know that he was God's child while was sent to earth raised knowing that he's God's son knowing that he's going to be he's going to sacrifice himself and then doing it anyway for us because in the end God is our parent and while God loves us unconditionally God also must act as a parent and he must give us judgment and he must give us limits and boundaries to help us grow up because that's what love is well at least he's doing it with love and he sent us, and this is where this is where the love comes. He sent us Jesus so that Jesus could sacrifice himself, so that he could speak for us. And God did that, and that was unconditional love. And I knew that when she said it. And I remember I started crying. And I and and <laughs> um and so for me, like 
because the thing is for me is like, you know what I consider love is growth. I consider love as growth, not like having dreams for your kid, not caring for them, not like taking care of them, not just not those things necessarily, though those things are important. Um, but more than anything, wanting your child to be more than you can imagine for yourself because you're only human, you're limited in your thinking, growing, not necessarily in like society or like position or like president or anything like that, but growing as a person, growing in heart and spirit and soul, which means that there has to be obstacles put in your way. There has to be struggle. There has to be sacrifices. There has to be things that force you to grow beyond yourself. That's what I believe love is. That's what God gives us. That's how he loves us. People are like, oh, like, um, where is God now? Like, why doesn't he save us to all these things? And I'm like, that's not how God works. <laughs> like, uh, that's not how God works. He's not a magician. He can, He knows everything, but he cannot do everything because in the end, we have free will because he loved us enough to give us free will. And he cannot, will not interfere with this with the burden of what free will brings which is struggle so that he can we can get our so we can grow on our own does that make sense and so i'm thinking about something so that's why like i'm like struggling with this whole like garden of eden thing where like one like okay let's like like it doesn't make sense that eve just eats the apple okay it really doesn't well let's take this into a little bit of context here right like everyone in the bible lives to be like hundreds and hundreds of years old how long were eve and adam even in the garden in the first place you know what i'm saying like were they there for in the first week i don't know i don't know if this is in the bible i did not i'm not sure but i'm pretty sure it doesn't say anything specific about when exactly the snake came to to tell eve like hey you can eat from the tree Maybe Eve was there for like freaking 100, 200, 300 years already. You know, it's an internal place. She could have been there 100 years. Maybe she got bored. <laughs> you know, maybe she just she was just curious. But like but like if she was fine with like just listening to God in the first place of being like, don't eat from it. She obviously didn't until the snake came in. So that doesn't make her a bad person. People are like, oh, Eve got, was being punished. Like women are all punished because no, like. No, you don't know how long she was there. You don't know the context of what things been going through. And also remember, the snake was also part of God's plan. Because what I can understand from my theories and my beliefs and of everything I just told you about growth and love and free will, God gave Eve a choice. She, he offered it. He offered through the snake hey, you can eat from this, but know that if you do, you will be cast out. You will know all that God does. You'll know evil. Do you want to take that chance? But you can have knowledge. Do you want to take that chance? Here's the other thing, though. Even Adam don't know what evil is. They've never known it. They don't know that what that word means. They don't know what sin is. Be that's 
that's literally the point. They don't know what sin is. They don't know like that there are bad things in the world. So for so Snake to come and say, hey, like you can know what God knows. They wouldn't know. <laughs> but now that they took that bite, they did know. Yes, it came with consequences, but I can't imagine God was like thrilled about it. Obviously, he was not. He was upset. He was angry. He brought repercussions, but he gave them that choice. And that choice is now what we live with. But with that choice came an opportunity for growth. You know what I mean? And that for me was like, another example of unconditional love doesn't always have the consequences you want but but he allowed us to choose i personally don't trust any interpretation of the bible oh yeah that's where i was going before before i have a great relationship with god i really do um i talk to him he talks to me it's awesome i like to um, save scriptures, um, on my phone, uh, so that I can look at them. They, they come up randomly and, um, I look at them when I need to. Uh, but I genuinely don't trust any interpretation of the Bible to be actually God's word because, because in the end, the people who wrote those words, who translated those words, who interpreted those words multiple, multiple times over, you have to take in context those are human beings, men actually, within the context of like um, societies and cultures that didn't believe women were worth anything, you know? Um, the And that's how they therefore interpreted it. And anybody who, and if you've taken any kind of linguistics course or um, religious studies course, like they'll touch on this too, like it, interpretations have a lot to do with the culture and the society and the language and once you interpret um especially te when texts are interpreted um over itself like like for example if say the original text is in latin and then someone else interprets it into greek and then someone takes the greek version and interprets it into english well that english now is completely inaccurate because it's not interpreting from the original text and we can't say then that it is that everything that's in there word for word is true, especially because let's be real. Honestly, the Bible sometimes is like poetry. You have to read in between the lines. You have to you have to put in like the context of the author, the context of the world around there to really understand what it means. And 90 percent of the people in the world don't have that education and I would say most people don't know how to read the original Latin either anyway. And I can't imagine that we can all go around saying that God loves everybody equally and still adhere perfectly to the words that are in like the King James version of the Bible, you know, because King James did not believe that women were equal to anybody. So I feel like a lot of people don't get that. Um, both people who believe in God and people who don't, don't understand that. My God is a God who loves unconditionally. And with that, he is our parent. And with that, there are rules that we have to follow. And 
if we can't follow them, there is repercussion, but there is also support and there is also love. And there is also, I'm still gonna help you through this. And no matter what you do, I'm here for you. You are still forgiven. I'll forgive you no matter what. So I didn't mean for this podcast to become something like that, but become about this. But, you know, when I, so that's the thing is like in a relationship. Yes, I do believe people can really learn to love themselves and learn other people unconditionally. Um, They don't have to believe in God to do it. They have to have faith in something though. But I do think that I need to have someone who has God in their heart for me to really be able to, well, just to have that level of understanding between two people, right? In the end, that that is the core of who I am is God and his love. I believe that my mission on this earth is to, because I was blessed with the with it, because I was blessed with the awareness of it, of unconditional love, that my mission is to help others learn how to do the same, help guide them in their own journey. And because I is the core of who I am, and that is the basis behind everything that I do and everything that I say, everything that I feel, if what I'm looking for is the perfect path, not that there is perfection, but the, but the fitting path, then that has to be the same for both of us. I'm okay with being alone. I mean, now I know that like, hey, relationships are nice. I can totally do this. I'm trying to adjust to myself too, being like, um, I don't have to be the person who's always single anymore and it's okay to like start dating and exploring people. Like I don't have to be solitary my whole life. That's a hard thing for me to adjust to um, even after the relationship, especially after the relationship is over. Um, But I also, you know, I also know too, like, it's not in my plan or necessarily 100% my own control whether or not I'm supposed to be with someone this lifetime. And no matter what, though, like, God's got me, you know, God's got me in that, like, I'm not going to feel alone and whether I'm with someone or not. And that being with someone may or may not be a part of my journey, but that's not you know, up to me to decide necessarily. And it's also not a punishment or a reward either. Um, It's just that everyone is on their own journey. And there's no judgment in that. I can't judge them for that, whoever that person is, and I can't judge myself for that. I used to. I used to think like, oh, like I'm trying to get to my soulmate, my twin flame, like the other half of me. And the fact that I'm not is because I'm being punished. (laughs) <laughs> or I haven't earned it yet. That comes from, like, by the way, a huge past life trauma that I recently um, uncovered in the past couple of years. But, but like, it used to be that way where I was like, I'm being punished. This is why I cannot find someone. And every time I do something bad and punishing myself because I, I, 
I'm a bad person, you know, like, and, and no, it's not that. It's not that at all. And it's not personal. I, you know what? The biggest thing, this is what people should take away really is that like, hey, guess what? Things don't hurt if you realize how it's not personal. It's not personal. You know why those other relationships and terrible breakups that I've had in the past were like literally one breakup, so devastating, didn't get over it for over two years. Devastating. I was so in love with this person who did not love me back. We only dated for three months. And, but like, that's because I broke it off because he didn't feel that way. And I was, oh, it was so bad. And I took it so personal because I thought it was something wrong with me. I thought there was something I could have done differently or I could have been a better person or like there was something wrong with me. This relationship where I am so in love, I am so in love with him. It's like ridiculous. So in love with him. And like this current relationship I, that, I, that just ended. And, but the thing is, it's like, I'm not broken up over it. One, because I kind of knew it was coming, but because we're in such different places, but also like, because it's not personal. There's nothing I could have done differently. There's nothing I could have done better. There's nothing he could have done differently or better. There's nothing wrong with either of us. We're just both in completely different places in our lives at the moment. It does it hurt? Yeah. Am I sad and angry? Yes. But am I like devastated? Am I in pain? Am I traumatized? Like no, because because it's not about me. It's just our journeys. I hope I can hold on to that for in the future. I think I will though, because in the end like I'm okay with being by myself. Now I know I can be with someone else. I now I know there are people out there in this world, in my life, who actually like I can love and who can love me back and who also like meets the criteria, makes me feel safe and warm and like 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 happy. There are people out there and I never knew there was people out there. I always thought like, oh, it's a one in a billion chance. I'm sure it's somewhere out there, but I don't know if I'll ever meet them. I met that person who could do that for me right now. How am I supposed to be in pain over that? There are other people out there. You know, we have um, hundreds of soulmates. Who knows how many soulmates? Because think of how many lives you must have and like be reborn into and how many people you meet. I've met so many soulmates already in this lifetime. And if I really, you know, and when you believe in reincarnation, um, there is, there are soulmates, like people, you know, from multiple lives, there are different kinds of soulmates. Most people talk about like the twin flame. That's what you call like the second half of you, the other half. And I used to think like, that's what I'm looking for. But then I realized that like, but you know what? I don't know where they are in their journey. I don't know. If, I don't know if I am going to meet them in this journey. And it's okay if I don't. They could be like, because let's be real, like, maybe they're in my age. Maybe they haven't been born yet. Maybe they just passed away. Maybe they're like 72. Like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and I don't have control over that. Um, and also, like, even if I don't meet them, that doesn't mean I can't feel fulfilled and safe and loved for another person and by another person. Because in the end, the mission is not to be loved. The mission is to love others. And the mission is to love myself.
so that I don't need to be loved by anybody else. I am fulfilled by God and myself. So it's not personal. Yeah, I think meeting someone with that 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 particular part, you know, I've met someone with the self-awareness, but that philosophy and understanding, like, you know, I I do believe I would need to be with someone if what I'm looking for is unconditional love in my life, because in order to spread it to others, I can't accept conditional love in my life. And my partner, and a long-term partner, they would have to have the same understanding as I do. So I don't know, we'll see. But that's a really important message that I hope people can hear. Is just have faith. Go on your journey. Appreciate. Appreciate everything. It's not personal. It's just is you know what's personal you you are personal you should take yourself personal love yourself mourn grieve suffer but also find joy and happiness and appreciation love yourself because you're so awesome you're so amazing if you're with someone who's not who you're like unhappy with, most likely it's because you're with someone who reflects how you treat yourself and how much you love yourself, which maybe is not that much. You deserve happiness. God gave you free will so that we could have a chance of finding happiness and salvation. He sacrificed his own son so that we could have salvation. He didn't do that so you could suffer. He did that to give you a chance. Eve took that apple because she wasn't happy. If she was happy, if, if, she, if the snake had offered her, hey, you can know everything God does. And if she was perfectly satisfied and happy and by, like with that, with her life at that moment, she wouldn't have done it. But she wasn't happy. So she took the apple because she was being offered something different and more. God offered her something different and more at personal sacrifice for himself. Nothing is better at the other side, always perfect on the other side. But he gave a chance. Give yourself a chance. Anyway, that's enough of my preaching. I did definitely did not mean to go off on that spiel. But um, I'm glad I did. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be a continuing theme. Um, and I hope, I hope that hits somewhere for someone. Okay? Have a great night.